Welcome to the section of our podcast we call In Conversation With, where we sit down with sports industry experts, women in sports and thought leaders and pioneers within the industry. My name is Lorraine and I'm joined by my co-host Patricia. Together with our amazing guests, we'll be discussing working data-driven, increasing visibility for women in sports, and leveraging tools such as a sports customer data platform to propel your sports organization to the next level. So without further ado, let's meet our guests. From working as an event director and being a media producer, to founding not only a magazine to fill the gap of the lack of visibility of snowboarding in Spanish media, but also co-founding and co-directing the Women in Action Sports Network. Our next guest has ventured into and dominated a world both within sports and the media that most, regardless of whether they're men or women, don't often venture into. Alba, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Super honored to be here. It's our pleasure to have you here. But before diving right into things, we like to start off with an icebreaker. Are you up for that? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Okay, cool, cool, cool. What's your favorite quote, expression, or motto, and why is it your favorite? Oh, gosh. Um, I think I have to go back when I was a little girl, and there was this phrase from Tagore. It's like, if you cry because you have lost the sun, the tears will let you see the stars, something like this, I'm translating. Yeah, I think think that's often something I go back to and, you know, like kind of keep going, no matter what, just keep going because there's something always around the corner waiting for you. That's so comforting, That's, that's very good. That's very good. Thank you for sharing that. Now, Alba, we found you through Facebook and you have a group dedicated to the Women in Action Sports Network community. And honestly, we had to intentionally search for women in action sports groups in order for us to find the group. We have our own ideas about why it's so crucial for women such as yourself to be more visible. But in your own words, why was it important for you to not only create that Facebook group, but to create the Women in Action Sports Network in the first place? To be honest, the the Facebook group is more of a tool to kind of uh, make it easier for the community to keep in touch and share other experiences, their needs, uh, and we're still very much building it up. But um, the the most important part, it's like a tool we use uh, for our community. And to go back to your question, whether what's important is because I think communities are the ones that make change happen and create the world that we want and deserve. And the visibility, it comes from, you know, very different places and and you never know where it's going to come from. I think as long as we are all open and honest about what we want and who we are, no matter if it's like a, an organization and an individual or a company, I think that message comes through. And, and it doesn't matter if you reach one million or one person, as long as somebody gets something from it. Like, you know, often we do, there, there's so much content, there's so many stuff going on nowadays that it's very hard to cut through that noise. But also we need to remind ourselves that there's always someone listening. And often for me, I do things that I think if just one person, if, if this helps just one person, I'm, I'm happy, right? So, I mean, I think that's what's important because you don't know 
what other people's stories are, what they're going through professionally, personally. So I think it's important to have this voice and this visibility, but you know, as long as it's authentic and, and true. And is that why you started the Women in Action Sports Network, would you say? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, it's not a new thing. The Women in Action Sports Network is a kind of an evolution for women in board sports, which started over 10 years ago um, as a get together, like a more of a casual get together. Uh, and we realized that there was that gap, that there was no space for women in the action sports industry, board sports industry to kind of meet. And even a lot of the big players in that industry had never met each other before. So what started as a casual gathering, it has become over the years a, a place to go to kind of find that network of, of women that are working in these sports that are often male dominated. So, Yeah, and community building is uh, something that we at Data Talks also believe in. And um, maybe to go a little bit more on uh, the topic of your action sports network, um, when you visit your website, it says that you want to build the action sports community that we want. Uh, what kind of action sports community is it that you want to build, if you would maybe go into more depth about that? Well, I think communities as people, they have to be flexible and ever growing, you know, and probably the community we wanted and we needed 10 years ago is not the same one we want and need now because it's not so much of wanting but needing for me what we want is of course equality equity inclusion uh diversity respect most and foremost respect and support within each other i think that's what community stands for is that support you know if you need something there's someone out there that can help you and bringing all these expertise together in a community instead of be driven by competition or economic competition mostly i think it can grow bigger and i mean action sports is a very small industry anyways if you put it in the scheme of things of other sports so i think these allies or, or collaborations in these communities can help it grow further you know because um, it can be just put in one person's lap to do everything or one company's um, lap to do everything and just them do it better. It has to be a group effort. And I think that's kind of the community we want. And as women, of course, to be able to have a say in that in a way that we feel comfortable with. And that hasn't, again, for me, doesn't have to be the same today than it has to be tomorrow because things change and we have to adapt with times and, and, and keep progressing. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, if there are some sports organizations listening or anyone working in a sports organization, what would be your like concrete tips to um, build a healthy uh, community? I know that you've been tapping into that a bit right now already, but if you would like give some how-to steps maybe just to get started, what would those be? Um, I don't think there's like a magic formula for anything, but again to go back to the beginning the authenticity and the staying true to the purpose and who the community are the participants in the community are and and their interests and their well-being i think it's super important and to be honest i don't think there's sports organizations that are doing bad jobs in the sense of oh you should change this or that um i think often is a bit more cringy if you want to say when you see like a brand or a 
a very much for profit driven company try and build a community as a spin-off or as a marketing strategy or as a kind of purpose you know out of nothing so they can be like oh we're doing this and it's a community it's not a company and and, and that can be a bit more off-putting i think but if done well and if done with true purpose and done with like a real purpose and mission behind it i think it's all positive so i think for any organization like the intention is what comes first you know and and, and if you have that intention and you stand behind it it's gonna grow and also not saying something as an organization or not taking a stand on an issue is as bad as probably not maybe not doing something wrong but like if you don't take a stand on something it's not good either so yeah be authentic and, and take a stand absolutely. for what they believe in absolutely and i guess like on on the flip side or another perspective is that sometimes in especially in 2022 where everyone has an opinion and everyone has a computer everyone has a phone and everyone is willing to share their opinions vocally like online and they're really they stand strongly for them it can be a bit hard to for organizations to kind of see like okay what do we say how do we say it because maybe if we say something we might of course we might comfort one section of our followers but the other might feel sort of maybe alienated or, or discriminated or something like that but i guess it, it all comes down to exactly what you just said the motivation the motive because if that organization really strongly believes in a course of course there will be backlash of course there will be someone who thinks maybe you shouldn't have said that but i i totally agree with you that you have to stand for something because otherwise you stand for nothing so yeah, so a hundred percent, I agree. I agree with you. But now you have been in the sports industry since as far back as 2008, when you started out as a freelance journalist and action sports photographer. That's over 14 years of experience within the sports industry. The sports industry has during this period changed, of course, but what changes have you seen that have made you optimistic about the future of women in action sports or in sports in general? first off 2008 seems like yesterday <laughs> so that person was like what really that long ago yeah i mean for sure you know when you talk about sports and women like the progression of the athletes themselves and the abilities of just pushing the limits forward to places they nobody ever thought was possible it's it's astounding and so exciting to watch you know most specifically into action sports seeing skinks and snowboarding going into the olympics had put that focus on women's snowboarding and freestyle skiing as well and and made it a big push and more recently of course skateboarding biking and now currently the the free riding movement with mountain biking and downhill mountain biking and freestyle mountain biking it's just on the roof so be able to watch that progression when it comes to the actual sport skyrocketing is super exciting and super super great to see and on the industry side i mean i believe these things wouldn't happen without the support of the industry right if you put the sport progression into the bigger scheme of things or society bigger things you know a few decades ago women couldn't even vote so we're behind of course we're behind and when and i'm talking about performance now uh of course we're behind because Till very recently, 
women didn't have the same possibilities to train, the same sponsorship money. They still don't have, but, you know, like the access to all of these tools to be able to compete and to, to train as professional athletes were in there. So I always say that to progress a sport, it needs investment, support, but also time. And I think we're catching up and we're catching up very quickly and very exponentially, which is great to see. And that's only because the industry behind it started to realize that there's that potential. And investment, I can't remember who said it, but something like believing in someone and investing in, in their, you invest in their potential, not in their results. So you can't say, I'm going to sponsor you when you're at the top of your game. And when you're the best of the best, you have to see that potential uh, and support them through to get there. So that's why it needs time. That's why it needs that support. And I think, again, back to the industry, to have more women working in, in these decision maker positions, but also behind the scenes of, of all of it has helped to, to realize that there is potential and that there's that gap that needed to be filled. And, and for that, it needed to to be invested in and to put time and care in and also to learn what we didn't know. So it's exciting to see that the industry is curious to keep learning and to keep um, progressing and to keep putting, making bets in things that they didn't know even existed before. So that's really exciting. And I think that's a very, um, you, you said quite a few things in there that, that are amazing. But one of them was the fact that uh, women haven't been given the permission to do this for, for a long time, you know, because when you think about it, the FA lifted the ban on women's football in 1971. 1966 is the first time we had like uh, women were allowed to register for the Boston Marathon. And it wasn't until 1984, I believe, I might get these numbers wrong because I'm remembering them off the top of my head. But um, in 1984, it was the first time women could compete in the Olympics in, in, in a marathon. So when you think about it, it's only just yesterday that women were given that permission to actually be in sports wholeheartedly and have the industry support that sort of their career moves or their, their passions. But as well, something that you, you mentioned is that the support but on the flip side as well, now we know that there is a lot of money in women's sports. So if you're not going to do it for the fact that we should have equality and people should be allowed to have all these different op um, opportunities, maybe you should do it for the fact that there is potential money there for you. What do you think about that? To be honest, if you mm. don't do it for the right reasons, for me, stay off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's no more need of, of more product or more stuff to sell anyone like if you're not going to do it because you actually believe in it you why would do it at all like just don't that's do my it take. it's a bit of a of a extreme one but ah i don't know go make your money somewhere else okay okay and that's a valid that's a valid um take as well i take that i take that but on the other hand uh, what things have you seen during this period that you wish should have changed by now you've spoken a bit about this gap but are there any other things that uh, you have observed that you think that, oh, this should have changed by now, or it should? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, of course, the, the pay gap and the, the amount of sponsorship money or support or even positions in companies, it's still a lot to be done there on one side from sponsorship and investment in 
and and media like there's so many things you know like media coverage there's not enough women featured in media or women's sports and media but also not in the industry media either the sponsorship money is not there and then the one thing that really has bothered me lately maybe it's because i'm also a young mom it's that lack of understanding uh, or the lack of infrastructure to support women in their needs right because the structures that there have or the systems that there have been in place for many years now they were there to support men athletes and it's not only about the money it's not only about the time it's not only about the performance but now you have women and their mothers and they have different needs in their different stages of lives and now there's a lot more athletes that become mothers as well and and they need support with that because there isn't any path for them so i mean it's it's recent right like in the olympics that they couldn't take their kids with them because of course the pandemic and then they realized oh no we can't really separate uh nursing babies from their mothers and but that situation maybe never really happened before or never really happened in a way that someone asked for them to be able to take them or there was never that situation that may you know globally us think oh wait there's actual mothers that are competing in the olympics that are still breastfeeding their babies wait what um and that's a very specific need for women you know it's not trying to be like oh we need all of these special no it's a very specific need it's a very woman specific thing and and things like that so i think we're still trying to adapt these systems that we had before um and then of course this is not specific to sports but in general i feel like uh in the workplace when when you have a job and as a woman you go through the different stages of your life again motherhood is a big one um you need that support often is the mother that stays at home and is the child um carer or takes care of more of the home stuff and yes we live in a very like being in sweden as well it's very equal and they, but it's not the case everywhere and definitely in the place and in even the places that it is more equal it's still not so there's still a lot of room of improvement and we're the only ones that can tell them what we need so i think sometimes we we don't say it loud enough or we don't say it in a way because people don't know what they don't know and this is something i always go back to they don't know what they don't know we just need to tell them what we need and what we want so do you think women should be more vocal um yes mm. people in general should be more vocal about what their needs but also we should also be get better at listening because mm. it doesn't matter how much you scream something that if the other part is not listening then there's no point on saying it mm. absolutely and i mean earlier you did say that there's so much going on in the internet that you sometimes you don't know how to cut through that that noise you know because when you just said you don't know what you don't know when you were talking about all of this i was like i i don't have a, i don't have a child so i've never actually thought about these yeah. kinds of things you know so when you said you don't know what you don't know that really resonated with me because i felt what you said and i could i could be empathetic towards it but i'd never thought about it before you said it you know so maybe in a way as well we need to find more creative ways of cutting through the noise and just making sure that we put action before just words because there are a lot of words on the internet you know 
Yeah, absolutely. And this is a conversation I often have with my co-director, Justine, because um, she's in America, based in America, and she feels like a lot more pressure for doing things um, socially right, like inclusion and diversity. And she's very worried about, you know, making sure we represent that, what we believe in. And I'm more of the, it's like, well, we're doing what we can. Like, and I often have these uncomfortable conversations with all kinds of people and say, what am I doing wrong? What can I do better? How, how am I supposed to know all of this? And they always tell me, you don't. Like, you're not supposed to know any of this unless you ask and listen and care to, to, to learn about it. Because if, if you don't ask, you'll never know. And if you don't listen, you'll never know either. So um, I think, yeah, there's a lot of noise on the internet and there's not enough people actually listening to the messages that are important. Um, so, but I think that has to kind of start with social interactions and then translate into the internet. Unfortunately, because of the years we're coming from now, the internet was really the only way we could kind of spread these messages but I feel and I believe and I hope that now that everything's a bit more back to normal or some form of it um, these social interactions and more one-on-one -on -one and, and personal interactions can help cut through that noise and kind of highlight what's important to listen to. Absolutely profound. <laughs> this is so profound. I'm, I'm, I'm just taking it all in and I'm also thinking at the same time, but trying to listen to you and be present. But yeah, I think as well, it's important to highlight that you, you talked about personal, uh, those personal interactions, you know, because sometimes people do ask and because they just ask, then you as the other person, I'll give it a specific example with, I'm, I'm a black woman. So if people come to me and they ask me specific things about that have to do with my blackness, and I maybe haven't perceived that I'd ex I had experienced something that was discriminatory, and then they ask me, sometimes I can get a bit defensive and a bit like, oh, why, why are you asking? What happened? That kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But exactly like you said, when you have those personal interactions, then you can you can sort of judge like when the best time to ask is, when how you can ask depending on the person and all those kinds of things. It's very important. Because I think your message is just super, super, super important, what you just said. So I hope that our listeners are, are taking it in because I'm going to do some reflection after this because that was really profound. Ask and listen. But Thank then you. maybe kind of taking a slightly a slight detour to something else. Um, apart from being passionate about action sports and, of course, diversity, inclusion, you're also a media powerhouse. I use those words because I looked at your stuff and I was like, wow, I, I really love this. And um, of course, you started the magazine for snowboarding in, in Spain. But what do you think is the role of the media in your quest to improve inclusivity and equality in the action sports industry? You've touched on this a little bit, but do you want to kind of maybe elaborate a little bit more on this? Yeah, give a voice. I guess media has always been a... A, an amplifier of messages, right? So um, just give a voice to the issues and the people that have a say on it. Media can be really, or it, it is very powerful and it can be used in many ways as it's proven by human history. So I think our duty is to really have 
or keep those platforms so we can give the voices uh, as again to use the diversity of voices and, and give them the platform and the space to be heard amplified absolutely and in today's day and age social media is that platform that uh, is becoming like we've spoken about more and more used and studies do show that social media can help uh, women in sports in general increase you know their revenue by finding new followers and also connecting with them through those channels so could you maybe give sports organizations or anyone listening that specifically work with women uh, advice on how they can get started not only with you know creating a follower base but also in some way leveraging that follower base for different purposes right so i kind of want to go back a bit because what you said that it, it social media can help yes absolutely but also we can't forget the other channels because i mean a lot of uh, studies i've been reading they say or like how the algorithms work and stuff the more like if you google something if you look up for something you're gonna get more of that right that that's how again in social issues nowadays that they become more extreme um and because if you search about conspiracy theories that's all you're gonna get and more and more and more and the deeper you get the more stuff you get from it so the other way around like if you search for i don't know sustainability you're probably going to get a lot of stuff from that and the more people you follow related to that the more deep you get into it so it's a great tool but it's also very hard to kind of get the attention of people that aren't interested in what you're saying if that makes sense um because they divert in other directions so i think that's why then back to media or mainstream media or sports media is really important because they're still kind of those stands, those outlets that reach a bit more of a broad audience. Um, so I think, you know, not even for sports specialized media, little media like myself, but like for broader media, it's important to kind of keep these voices uh, as varied and as diverse as possible because otherwise you kind of stream it down one line. Um, so for sports organizations that kind of want to grow their base, but also kind of, I think, again, to go back to the very beginning, keep authentic, keep in line with your purpose and your mission. Don't, a bit what I said before, like trying to monetize something just for the sake of it, it's always going to be perceived as a bit off and that's probably going to have a lot of backlash. Um, on the other hand, if you have a true purpose and a true mission and a true vision behind it, and your intentions are good, I mean, it can always fail, of course, but it's going to have more chance of success. And and the curve is never like up, you know, I'm doing a kind of straight up line with my hand, but it's always going to be up a bit, down a bit, up a bit, down a bit. And all you can hope for is that the line in general goes, tends to go up. That's really good, because I think we can get carried away with the hype of what's bright and new and shiny and at the moment it's social media and it's so pervasive it's so just everywhere that we forget that oh actually there's algorithms and all that kind of stuff that's involved and you need to find ways to cut through the noise at the end of the day so that's a very um refreshing and interesting take that i i hadn't thought about before yeah and now that we can get back together again i think events and connecting 
socially, physically with your audience, with your people is super valuable. And, you know, those are the experiences you remember. So as an organization, as a community, I think, I mean, at least that's where we're trying to go because that's what we like at the end of the day. Too. We're social people. Like we don't want to be staring at screens all day. It's, it's great, but if I can be uh, surrounded by people, it's even better. So, Yeah, for sure. And um, I, I think, I don't dare to say the statistic, but I know that they say it's a lot about how you say things and interaction, therefore face-to-face -face and just experiencing is very important to convey that authenticity that you were talking about as well. As, but listening to you, it sounds like intention is key at the end of the day as well. And finally, to end this uh, very lovely conversation, what advice would you would you give to women who are in the sports industry and who, you know, maybe are on the brink of giving up their dreams and creating an impact within the industry? What would you tell them? Um, I mean, nothing new that I haven't said yet. We could go back to the icebreaker at the beginning, you know, because something hasn't worked out the way you thought it would. That doesn't mean there's something like the stars that would shine when it gets dark, right? And that there's something else that's going to happen, uh, even though it's not what you envisioned at the beginning. Um, I think giving up is not really a good way to put it. You can shift, you can change, you can tackle something new, you can rest and start again. And there's no right or wrong in any of that. We're in a period in time, I feel like, Everybody needs rest. Everybody's talking about rest very much. Um, burnout is the top of everyone's kind of list. Big companies, big media companies are taking breaks publicly saying we're switching off for this amount of time. Um, maybe all you need is a break, a shift, a change of direction, but never give up on, on your intentions because that's not something you can give up on. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, Alba, is there anything exciting that you're currently working on that you would like our listeners to know about and check out? Sure. I mean, on the Women in Action Sports Network side of things, we put together an Entrepreneurs in Action Sports Bootcamp, which is supposed to be a very cool long weekend intense of helping women, giving the tools to kind of reboost or start a business and we're doing this with justine uh, she's an amazing business coach uh, so she we're really very much trying to bring this community together of women sharing you know similar things even though their businesses can be different but they're in very uh, similar places in their life so create that network and that community to make sure we put support into the collaboration rather the competition but also to give them the tools the specific tools they need to to succeed and of course surrounded by activities like stand-up paddleboarding skateboarding mountain biking because we're in a paradise because it's just outside of barcelona it's a very limited boot camp so it's only 10 spots um they're filling up quickly so if you haven't yet i would recommend to check it out on the women in action sports network's website and then a bit of more on a personal level, I'm working on a book about motherhood and snowboarding. So I'm trying to bring in as many different women that are mothers and continue to be an active part of snowboarding to tell and share their story. And it's shaping up to be pretty epic. So I hope I can make justice to their stories and compile it in a 
in an inspiring way to inspire other women to keep doing what they're doing, even their life or their moment in life changes and, and new things come along that you can still keep true to who you are and what you love. Wow. Um, and once you've you've published the book, please yeah. come back so you can talk, <laughs> you can tell us more and we can go through it because I think that I don't know, I, I haven't done a Google search, but probably if you Google search motherhood and women in action sports, you probably won't find that much, you know, or maybe on blogs and stuff, but we, we need this kind of content, you know, we, yes, we need this kind of content and we'd be so excited to, to read your book and to have you come back and uh, tell us more about the process of writing the book and your findings and all that kind of stuff. And we have all the faith in you. We know that you will, you will do a great job. You will do a great job. <laughs> Thank you so much. No worries. So. No worries at all. Thank you so much, Alba, for taking time out to have a chat with us. It has been delightful. So many takeaways just for me on a personal level. One of them being you don't know what you don't know. I don't know why, but the way you said it, it really just resonated with me that I need to ask more questions, but also listen because I don't know what I don't know, you know, and I won't know if I'm not asking and listening. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure and um, thank you for your interest. I mean, I wouldn't be here if you wouldn't have been curious and asked. So there you go. You already started doing it. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. It was a refreshing conversation and uh, really looking forward to talking to you again. Same. If your goal is to deliver a world-class supporter experience at every game and you want to know how you can meet that goal and get started today, then visit our website at datatalks.se and fill out our demo form to experience firsthand how we can help you. Or you can sign up for our masterclass or email list to get exclusive materials such as ebooks and case studies that will help you meet your goals better. Until next time, stay productive. Data Talks, we fill the stadium, you focus on the game.